0: Hey y'all, this is Jack Townsend. Welcome back to the Snake's Paw. Tonight on Basic Pitches, we are going to be hearing a story idea from Andrew Ferrier. Tonight we also have a very special guest. You might recognize her from Starship Mudskipper
1: playing Mombot. Yeah, Helen's been throwing her voice into just about everything that we've done so far. So they are the voice of Mombot. Also got heard back right when we first kicked off in The Medium is the Murder and... And also in this new series that we have underway right now. So thanks for doing this, Helen.
2: Hey, all excited to be here.
1: Get to hear the the unvarnished, real human being version today. <laughs> and it yes. just so happens that Helen is a uh, is a professional dramaturg meaning basically a a story doctor for the theater. And I think we've gotten this to a point of professionalism here on The Snake's Fall.
0: I was just about to say she is woefully overqualified
1: for what we're about to do. (laughs) So please forgive us. So this might be the highest quality feedback we'll have received. And I'm aiming for a story that is utterly uncommenturate Fantastic. I'm ready. So... I've been thinking, given you know we've we've definitely been prioritizing story to a degree, but I think um, marketability is really what we've been <laughs> aiming at so far is just to it's really guarantee financial success. So I've, I've been doing a little bit of trend analysis. And you know one of the things that's going very strong right now is redemptive stories about villains. Mm. oh, yeah, I feel like we're, we're a little midway on that trend. And so what I wanted to do to get out ahead of it is think of like the last villain that someone's going to try to do a redemptive story about and rush there before anybody goes into pre-production on it. The thing that came to my mind was the classic 1993 stop motion animation, The Nightmare Before Christmas and Oogie Boogie. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> that is not what I expected <laughs> I to be. Okay. Was thinking, who is the most not irredeemable unless... <laughs> villain ever absolutely like completely completely awful and it, it, on its surface yes so incredibly unlikely but I think once we we mine down just a little bit there is really like an enormous vein of sympathy to be found here so uh, if you haven't seen the movie in a while like since Halloween um <laughs> What do we know about Oogie Boogie? So, Oogie Boogie is a burlap sack full of bugs (laughs) and uh, and a power-hungry bully and also operates a very rigged, very booby-trapped, understaffed and not much patronized casino and also has a vendetta against Halloween Town that, at least in the context of the original movie, isn't really explained. I did several minutes of research on this before we came in today <laughs> and what I learned was actually there has been some digging into Oogie Boogie's backstory in some video games so we're going to start this off by pulling a Star Wars and saying all of that is non-canon oh, so man. all right, bad. completely ignoring those of you who are who are PS2 fans, we're going to just throw that out the window. So I think... Going to make a lot of people angry with that controversial decision. <laughs> <laughs> Riling up the fan PS4. Mates. Controversial <laughs> opinion. We're going to get some nasty letters. <laughs> letters. <laughs> Find our mailing address. Um, so we're going to get some nasty embroidered samplers. So I think where we... G- there's the drums. Oh, the, yeah. We still have a voodoo ceremony going on in the house, y'all. It's a, this is a multi day <laughs> process. So if you can hear the drums, that's what's going on. Appropriate, um, you know, seasonal theming. So knowing what little we do about Oogie Boogie from the movie, I think we can pretty quickly find our way into like a sympathetic underdog story. If we look around Halloween Town, we see bugs prominently feature in its decorative motifs. So clearly, Bugs are sought after, but we don't see bugs in positions of leadership. And we also don't really even see bugs playing a significant role in the Halloween celebrations each year. They're very much sidelined to being ornaments and doorbells and things like that. And so this seems like a world where bugs probably live in fairly constant terror. And so we can imagine a sort of underworld of bugs in the world around Halloween Town, who decided to pull a three-kid stack in a trench coat buying a movie ticket (laughs) and to band together for their own greater good, as so so many groups have in the past. The insect communist revolution of... I'm really thinking we can go Animal Farm with this. Okay. All All right, right, great. Yeah. Okay. So because when you think about the later part of the movie... When Oogie Boogie is falling apart and all the bugs are falling into the lava, and I think this is our opening scene, frankly, is like this in slow motion, sort of the Cowboy Bebop falling out the stained glass window kind of thing, <laughs> mournful choral music, everything. You see all these bugs falling down into the lava, and then Santa Claus stomps the one bug that looks like it might get away, and that's our protagonist, the like charismatic mm-hmm. leader who gathers all the bugs into sort of a revolutionary commune and then where things go horribly wrong. I think just to drop a few details that I feel like might be leading threads for us, and then we can follow it in whatever direction we want. Oogie Boogie is a creature of voracious appetites. Anyone who would eat Santa is very much a quantity versus quality kind of character where their their desires are concerned. Someone who went hungry for a long time, perhaps. There also does appear to be some bug eating on Oogie's part, and so... Mm-hmm. You know, members of the collective that don't measure up get redistributed for the collective's (laughs) joint good. The Stalinist purges. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the casino, you know, gambling is in many cases the refuge of the desperate. So if these bugs come from a place of poverty and they see the system being worked against them, perhaps trying to gamble was part of their backstory, gambling their way to success, accruing some debts maybe but then trying to set up this casino as a way of harnessing the the man's tools towards their own success. So I offer those as a few, maybe, lead points. And he's dressed in burlap, which is very, you know, homespun. All right. Wow.
0: So um, just off the top of my head, the one thought that occurs to me is uh i don't know a whole lot about the the rules of the universe to nightmare before christmas but i'm pretty sure neither did the creators of nightmare before christmas (laughs) there are a few uh i i don't want to call them plot holes but we'll just say like plot places that are wanting but there are ghosts in halloween town so we could easily put the main character, this this last bug, the one who almost escaped, and like, you know, he's the one who's leading the revolution, and he looks up and he's like, Oh no, I almost made it, and then Santa goes to stop on him, and then you hear, Yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. Or <laughs> Jack, you hate voiceovers. I do, you're right. Okay. It doesn't matter. We're not going backwards because we're gonna follow his story as a ghost bug, because he has unfinished business. Ghosts oh, are already yeah, a thing. So
1: we go forward, not just backwards. So, I love it.
0: The thing is, he's a he's a revolutionary character. He's able to gather the uh the underserved masses together, and now all of a sudden he is entering the ghost realm and he's got to go register himself as a ghost in Halloween town. There's all of these other ghosts who they don't really get invited to the Halloween parties. They have the crap jobs too. And he's like, I can do it again. Only this time mm. I'll learn from my mistakes. And Oogie Boogie 2.0 is full of Ghosts instead of bugs.
3: <laughs> How do ghosts even fit in the bag? Like,
0: uh, I mean, the ghosts, ghosts can interact with burlap, right?
1: I feel <laughs> like Oogie Boogie 2.0 is like a sentient hot air balloon.
0: Oh, Cup, yeah. yeah. It'd be so much harder to kill. <laughs> if you unravel him, the ghosts aren't going to fall into the lava this time. They'll Just fly away.
1: And yeah. find another burlap I mean, sack. Zero apart, the ghosts really are like extras in the Halloween celebration. They just get to, like, swoosh out from somewhere and look scared slash scary for a second. And then, yeah, be like the backup singers for an instant. But there's not a lot of ghost representation in this world either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about the world of Nightmare Before Christmas and just kind of who are the players in that to kind of populate this prequel as it were to Oogie Boogie and I can't help but make this connection between Sally and him in that they're both stitched and both (gasps) like she's patchwork, he is burlap sack so my question is if they're a collective of bugs, I totally buy it and I love that they have like created them a, a bigger human, you know, um, collectively out of bugs. But who made this burlap creature? Like, is there a possibility of some kind of solidarity building that then collapses, that becomes another part of why he is so angry at this place? Yeah, maybe
3: yeah. they like Maybe there's a romance there, or maybe it's like a what it, like Pygmalion sort of a thing where he <laughs> created this burlap thing and then fell in love with it and she came
1: alive and then just went off and fell in love with a skeleton instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it could work either way. Sally could be, you know, it could be sort of the Cinderella here sympathizing with a bunch of little bugs and, you know, Cinderella's sort of downtrodden little minions end up when she helps them, you know, Cinderella story, but Cinderella is making the dress for the mice instead of the other way. Around, um, ends yeah. up creating a monster.
2: Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's created by, or S- Sally is created by the, the, the mad scientist. The mad scientist. scientist. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there could be maybe this right. possibility of. Mm-hmm these bugs with sentience or, you know, like special powers that would have been concocted in a lab kind of situation. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, they're both there together. And then, yeah, some some kind of falling out happens. I love the
1: idea that our, like, protagonist bug, because this, this bug needs to stand out for some reason. We need to give him a name. Be, that's right. Little buggy. A little buggy. <laughs> Something... Yeah, we can do
0: Oh, something! Uh, what, what? What is there a Greek hero whose story this one can kind of uh, <laughs> mimic a little bit that we can name him after?
1: Oh my goodness!
3: Um, Roach <laughs> Rochedissius.
0: <Roach-dicious. laughs> I Real love bad. the oh, audacity of that. Yes, oh, <laughs> Um <laughs> We know from the from what I remember from Nightmare Before Christmas. If I'd known we were going to do this, I would have rewatched it and brushed up on it, but. I'm just going to go off of my bad memory. All the better. The mad scientist brings uh, his Pygmalions to life specifically by opening up his own head, tearing out a chunk of his brain, and putting it into their bodies, and then sewing it back up.
1: That's right. We see that at least one time.
0: Uh, Which is a lot of times to see something like that. So (laughs) other than her brain, I think her body is is just filled with stuffing. So I think in the rules of this universe, you don't need to have Organs or a circulatory system. You just need to have like a little bit of a brain up top, and everything else will work out.
1: And the so limbs then, are autonomous as well, yeah, so they yeah. don't she, even necessarily have to Yeah, yeah. She tears off
0: her contact. her arm and it crawls away or does whatever she needs it to do, and they just mm-hmm. stitch it back on later. And the arm and is the just... leg
1: wriggles seductively for Oogie Boogie.
0: And, oh, I love the idea that they already have a little history together. Oogie mm. Boogie, the collective of bugs, and Sally, the collective of fluff. Uh, fluff. Uh, so maybe later on when he's filling up these ghost bags or whatever, he can be like, oh, you again you got past me one time but let's talk, how's everything with Mr. Skellington? I, I don't know I, don't I, do, uh, I can't do romance I imagine a pick-up line being
1: like, hey, you miss being moth-eaten? <laughs> Whoa!
2: <laughs> Dang um, No, I'm with you, That's Jack That's how I you feel do romance, like...
0: sorry Yeah, exactly <laughs> I'm sold. So you can tell I'm
1: practiced.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Like, I there's something about a friendship gone wrong or some kind of escape attempt that went well for him but not for her, and then you know, kind of collapsed afterwards. That's a, I don't know, more compelling to me than a thwarted romance because there's yeah, something yeah. about his presence in the world as we know it that is so angry that that feels bigger than. A lack of love
1: and she's already the voice of principle mm-hmm. a lot of the time and if we are gonna have this sort of animal farm element to it you know someone needs to be the voice of like what this could have been
3: mm-hmm. mm, yeah
0: or we could do a uh, completely opposite of that if his whole story arc is going to be different from the first one like we, we can kind of show how he became the revolutionary figure for the bugs. And this time around, he has all this extra unlimited power and he's able to actually take over Halloween Town. But his, he's convinced by Sally, who's just, she's so reasonable that she's like, you need to stop being power hungry. Give that up because you're not actually helping. You're just turning into the thing you hate. And he listens to her and uh, together they run off and to hell with Jack Skellington. He, he never deserved her in the first place. <laughs> I hot take on Nightmare Before Christmas I never thought that Jack and Sally Should have gotten together She was way too good for
1: him I mean, he's awfully foppishly dressed So I think, yeah, definitely <laughs> uh... Someone who, you know they, they like to say If someone's on a mountaintop They didn't fall there Well, if your mom gave birth to you there <laughs> Then you did And I think Jack Skellington Is just, uh, uh Well, the fact that he doesn't have eyes is appropriate. (laughs) I think Jack wouldn't even notice
0: that Sally ran off for at least a month. It would be like... (laughs) He'd be getting ready for Halloween. He'd be like, Sally, where's my dress bones? Whatever. And
2: (laughs) My dress bones? (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know what? I think I just like Sally enough that I want her to be happy and I don't want her to fall in love or have a romance story with another horrible person. That's why I want... um, Roach to have a good character arc and actually change and become a better person
1: rather than what happened to Jack in the first one. <laughs> Roach I, I, mean, I <laughs> dig it. if we're going to have as, as many stories as we do about someone who goes mad with power and becomes awful, then like, let's let's tromp into the territory of how do you get back out of there?
2: I mean, I do love a bookended story, you know, like yeah. what is the bracket that you open that you then have to close by the end of the film? And I, I like this idea of, you know, the roach getting squashed at the end of Nightmare Before Christmas by Santa. I would pitch that it's the end and the bookend is actually like the first time Roach Discius was almost squished. Ooh. He's like the one that survived like the massive extermination of his, like, bug comrades, compatriots, and we see him get to the point of Oogie Boogie, but he still kind of ends up. He gets to have a redemptive beginning, but still kind of gets the terrible end that he has wrought for himself. Oh, speaking
0: of bookends, uh, I mean, I know this is going to be mostly a prequel, and I keep thinking of, like, the sequel part of it, but (laughs) a great ending for the Nightmare After Next Christmas, (laughs) whatever. Um. Once they've become the ghost bug version of Oogie Boogie, the bag of air, he <laughs> should have a moment where he's giant and Santa Claus is crawling away from him like, no, no, and he's going oh. to stomp Santa. And then he stops and he's like, I'm better than you. And he lets him
1: scurry away. Oh, well done, Jack. You know, we're talking about this as a, as a communal experiment what does Santa represent in contrast with that but capitalism oh, yeah.
3: I had a possible thought about the origins of the whole bug Halloween Town conflict Okay. is that the bugs are like the indigenous people I mean the casino, town have a casino. Oh, God. so that's why they have a casino and then they, they're colonized by the Halloween stuff I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what the people of Halloween Town are there are so many different things Things, oh, but...
0: the intro to the first one where they're like, if you don't know where holidays come from, it's time you found out. And like, this is it. This is where they come from. They invaded the bug world and...
3: Imposed their holidays upon them. Yeah. Oh.
1: And like to actually like reinvoke invoke the PS2 canon a little bit. It's like <laughs> their idea, which, you know, they woefully underdeveloped, but Disney <laughs> call us. Um, <laughs> was that like Oogie at one point had either... Ideas of, or actually, like had created like a bug town here, mm. and it was called like Bugsville or something very, Bugsville. very like on the nose. So we can we can do better than that. But um, it's
3: Halloween Town, so yeah, you maybe don't have you- to do better than yeah. that.
0: In the <laughs> that middle of sucks. Bugs Town there's going to be a Roach Motel. Oh,
2: absolutely! <laughs> Thank you.
3: Inevitably, an ant farm.
2: And, oh, an <laughs> ant.
1: <laughs> like, too, we're just getting you're
3: too punny and witty for me, the rest y'all. of this pitch yeah. <laughs> and you, and
1: you gotta have a silly song at some point with some some nice Danny Elfman scoring that uses all of these puns and we can just like batch them all out in one place perfect y'all s- might notice puns are a through line <laughs> of our preferred humor <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah I think we've got uh, we, we've got a couple of of solid options for beginning middle end structure I think the introduction of Sally as a really like critical voice of reason voice of the audience voice of the original the best self that one once was and uh it really stitches it all together oh, oh i see what you did there oh, claps. bitch claps. <laughs> 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 any more loose threads we want to tug on
3: i mean can you, can you keep going can you just continue yeah. doing more and mm-hmm. more riffs on this one <laughs> am i bugging you Oh yeah, <laughs> but
2: yeah, but... what's the title
1: of this uh movie i mean far be it from me to presume on what is ultimately the responsibility of some disney executives but, <laughs> right um, of course of course but i think we you know we gotta we gotta riff on oogie boogie's name somehow
2: yeah that's pretty good because yeah the if, if we're living in the disney canon and you know all of those prequels are like just the first name of the oogie. character yeah hooky <laughs> but uh, yeah I'd rather it sounds I'd
1: cute just so cute yeah uh-huh. yeah
2: because maybe he was just Oogie before he had to become Aww.
1: Boogie. He was just a little Oogie.
2: He was a little bug. And bugs are kind of gross, but like, you're not gross when you are a bug. You're like, well, it's just how it is. Yeah, it's right? yeah, not you the just bug's what fault ifs? that yeah. we think they're gross. That's it's,
3: right. You're just a sexy bug.
1: <laughs> and I mean, really, <laughs> if, if we... bugs look at each other and they think they're sexy. Absolutely. We have how much that ant lives. <laughs> super far into the kind of communal living element of what the bugs really sought for. But like, if we want to draw some real world parallels... I mean, making your own clothing, totally green. Bug protein, honestly, is probably the most sustainable kind there is. So if they're eating each other, then that is very, very efficient. Um, And we know that bugs do that anyway. So there'd be a lot, you know, any fictional bug world that didn't have bugs eating each other would be weird.
2: Yeah, it gives me a little bit like the collective versus the singular evil. Gives me Bugs Life vibes also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ants versus the grasshopper. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So like maybe that somewhere in That makes it extra
1: this, tragic when they lose too. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Well, y'all, I I feel like as impossible as what we set out to do might have been, we might have rendered Oogie Boogie a little bit sympathetic. And if he were here right now, I think Oogie Boogie would want to give all of us a big hug.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A buggy, buggy hug.
1: Uh, Got a six million legged hug ready for you. I love it. Great Rachel. job, Andrew.
3: Yeah. Thanks for yeah.
1: following through this with me. Um, we all, we will be back with more of these very, very soon. We got our main series going on on Thursdays right now. So keep an eye out for that. Everything is going to be on our website, www.snakespaw.com. So look there for links to all of our other platforms. And you can support us at ko-fi.com the thesnakespaw. That's ko-fi.com slash thesnakespaw. And if you would like any of those funds to go towards supporting the Starving Bugs Fund, just send us a note. Thanks for doing this with us, Helen, and I'm yeah, sure we'll get to hear you transform into some other new character soon.
2: Maybe Bugs. Who knows? like <laughs> throw my hat in the ring for Bugs.
1: We've already cast you as more than one character in a piece, so how about 70?
2: Yeah, great. I'm in.
1: See you next time. lady. y'all.